Uh, welcome to Why Did You Read That? The podcast that asks the question, Megan, why did you read that? And then I answer it. And then she asks Peter, why did you read that? And then I usually tell a long rambly thing that has tangential relationship to the book. Uh, That's I, accurate. <laughs> so we're For your, both of us, I think. <laughs> <laughs> we're your hosts. We each bring four options, mm-hmm. uh, four books, and uh, Megan will pick two of my four that she wants to hear about in more depth. Yep. I'll pick two of Megan's four that I want to hear about in more depth. True. And then at the end, we briefly cover the other ones that we didn't get to and then wrap it up. And then we go home and, and, and I'll eat lunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably needed to know that it's on the internet more than I go eat lunch. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Um, before we get started, though, we do have a traditional joke. It's true. That I am now ready for at this time now. Okay. So, you know, Peter, I got a job at the bank. Mm -hmm. But I was fired on my very first day. This guy came in and he asked me to check his balance, so I pushed him over. No. Nope. (laughs) Don't like that. (laughs) Uh, I can't hang with it. Maybe because I don't like going in the bank. Well, yeah, that's fair. Maybe why I don't like going in the bank, too, is like, as a non-moneyed person, it's never like a fun I'm never like, hmm, look at that balance. I'm going to go put some money in the bank. Yeah. The most frequent thing I used to go to the bank for was uh, quarters mm. to do laundry. And then they would, whenever I got quarters, they were like, you're doing laundry, huh? And I was like, why don't you assume I'm doing something fun with these quarters? <laughs> like, why is it always about laundry? No, I'm headed to the arcade. Exactly. One time I literally was getting quarters to go to an arcade. She was like, are you getting quarters for laundry? And I said, yes because I didn't want to uh, favor her with the exciting story. <laughs> it's like, if you're going to just assume that I'm doing quarter laundry, then I'll just let you live with that image. <laughs> so there. I always, uh, okay, quick side note while we're on money and laundry. I keep a list of eccentric millionaire ideas because I feel like people get rich and they don't do anything, you know, weird. Yeah. Um, with the exception of the South Park guys, I guess, buying and, like, rehabbing Casa Bonita. Yeah, which is going to open this <laughs> year. hilarious. I'm really curious how it's going to compare to what I remember from when I was little. I think it's sort of funny because on one hand, I'm like, yeah, I mean, it, there's no reason the food should be as bad as it was. But on the other hand, I'm like, isn't that part of the charm, though, yeah. is that the food is horrendous? <laughs> um, you're like, they should just bring in Taco Bell. Like, that would be much better. Anyway, one of my ideas was to open two Metallica-themed laundromats uh, named after their albums Load and Reload. And then, you know, it could basically be a contest to see which one's more popular. And, you know, they would be themed after those albums, and those albums would play over the overhead speaker all the time. Hmm. See, I feel like that part is going to limit some of your uh, participation. Yeah, that's what I think is fun about it, because people be like, hmm, do I feel like listening to Load? And they need to be, like, directly across from each other, like, in the same strip mall. And they're like, do I feel like listening to Load or Reload today? And then, other secret success of this, because Reload is one of their more maligned albums. Luckily, they put out that Lula album, which was horrible. So Reload is not, like, their worst album anymore, but... 
Uh, I feel like Reload is much maligned and is not as bad as people think. So maybe this will encourage some people to be like, whatever, I'll just go in here. It's less crowded than load. And then they'll be like, this isn't bad. The memory remains totally solid. All right. So you brought some books. (laughs) Yes, I brought some books. And I'll tell you my four. All right. I'm ready. They are as follows. Number one, Giant Days by John Allison. Nice. This is less one book than it is an entire comics series, which I read all of. Okay. So it's been ongoing for like a long time. Yeah. Is it done now? It is done. Oh, okay. Um, It has completed and uh, it's mostly fun. You know, it's got like some ups and downs, but it's overall an enjoyable read. Number two is a book called Attack of the Stuff by Jim Benton. Okay. I think this is a children's book, but I'm not entirely sure. Okay. It's like super wacky, super goofy, and I wanted to bring it to talk about, because we don't talk about a lot of stuff for kids. That's true. But also because uh, I think this is like a rare book. If I had to read a book, if I had a kid and I was in the position of having a child who like most children is like read me the same book 50 times this would be the book i would pick for sure okay it's like enjoyable on an adult level okay uh next is acting class by nick dernasso i had to look up how to say his name because it's spelled d-r-n-a-s-o and i was like that could go a lot of different ways that seems eastern european to me yep (laughs) And he was profiled in, like, The New Yorker, and one of the first things they said was how to say his name. And I was like, thank you, The New Yorker, because I could see it in the text without clicking through and hearing that I've overstayed my welcome on The New Yorker this month and need to pay. Right. Anyway, Nick Dernasso is the kind of comic book artist and writer who is profiled in The New Yorker. So he's one of those, like, I call them NPR comics people. Okay. Who, like, NPR people listen, and they read their comics and enjoy them. Uh, he's one of the rare ones that I've enjoyed. All right. So, then my last book is Deadpool versus Thanos by Tim Seeley. <laughs> and I'm bringing this one up because this is kind of like a reverse recommendation situation. Oh. And uh, that's all I'll say about that for now. Okay. Well, I would like to start with Attack of the Stuff. Attack of the Stuff. Yes. So Jim Benton, I read a book he did called Clyde, which is about like animals in the forest, you know, like a Disney kind of thing. Uh-huh. And Clyde is a bear and he's just a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also he's incredibly weak and he gets in a fist fight with a butterfly and loses <laughs> because okay. he can't punch a butterfly hard enough to damage it. You know, I feel like that bear has to be on the verge of death if he can't punch out a butterfly he's like a total weakling and (laughs) the butterfly is like making fun of him and he's like man you are really weak for a bear (laughs) but anyway so you know reading that uh also Clyde's just angry all the time for no reason um and there's nothing I find funnier than a cartoon drawing with angry eyebrows that's angry for seemingly no reason (laughs) attack of the stuff is about a, a duck man so these are all like uh animal characters but you know they wear shoes and stuff sure it's about a duck who uh stuff talks to him 
So, like, his hat talks to him, and his keys talk to him. And, you know, very amusing to me and probably eight-year-old boys. His toilet talks to him. <laughs> you know, everything, every object talks to him. Right. So he, uh, you know, is struggling with this issue and, you know, has some problems. And then somebody suggests that he, like, retreat to the woods where okay. there's less stuff. Right. So there, things won't talk to him. Because, like, I guess... You know, trees and stuff still talk to him, but that's not so bad. He sort of then becomes Lord of the Snakes for some reason. <laughs> uh, and various things happen. Uh-huh. The reason I wanted to bring it up, though, is because, like, this and Clyde uh, are, like, very rare books in my opinion. Because they're, like, a book that, as an adult, I was reading it and was like, this is genuinely funny. Yeah. Like, I'm laughing at this. But also, I think a kid would enjoy it. Right. And it's got, like, wacky humor. Like, there's another character in Attack of the Stuff who's, like, got a mustache. And then a character jumps out and surprises him. And he accidentally swallows his mustache. <laughs> at which point you find out his mustache was just cotton candy that he had formed into a mustache. <laughs> and this all is happening for no reason. <laughs> like, there's no... This is not a plot point. Right. It's just, like, a couple pages of goofiness right and i think this is a book that like an adult and a kid would enjoy together a lot but also it's like um i'm gonna sound negative for a minute and say like sometimes you watch like a movie like shrek and it feels like when you watch shrek there are like distinct jokes that are there for the adults yeah and distinct jokes that are there for the kids right and it's kind of like separated and the the adults' jokes are, like, you know, just a little bit, like, randy or whatever. Right. And, you know, you're like, well, kids will have no idea what that means, so it's fine. Right. And then, you know, the kids' jokes are kids' jokes. Right. Whatever. And this is, like, so unusual because there is no difference between the adult and kid silliness in this book. It's, like, the same. Right. So I think a lot of adults would enjoy this. I think kids would enjoy this, and I think they could enjoy it together. So it's like one of the very few books that I would recommend for almost everybody. Nice. You know, regardless of age. The only exception I would be is like, I guess, if you're a stick-in-the-mud boring person <laughs> who's like, I refuse to laugh and like, I must be taken seriously at all times. Right. You know, if your author photo and your book is like, you with your arms crossed, like barely looking at the camera in with a, a scowl. In what? In a turtleneck. In a turtleneck, yeah. With like round glasses. Yeah. And you're just like, I'm angry that I had to even be in an author photo. <laughs> this might not be for you, but for everybody else, I recommend it. <laughs> it's like, you know how all ages is kind of code for, for kids? Right. And it's like, well, I mean, yeah, if you're an adult and you go see Trolls World Tour... It won't kill you. Right. You might wish you were dead <laughs> at points, <laughs> but it won't actually kill you. This is like an all ages book that I think is genuinely works for all ages. Right. And I don't know that I've read many other things like that. So that's why I had to bring it today. I like it. Thank you. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> all right. So I also brought four books. All right. My first one is a short story 
called Galatea by Madeline Miller. And it is basically her take. So Madeline Miller wrote Circe, um, which, you know, blew up and got very popular. And I think another one, um, not Ariadne, I forget. She wrote another one that was based on Greek mythology. And Galatea is also based on Gilgamesh. Hmm? I said Beowulf, Gilgamesh. That's not Greek. I'm just throwing out old-timey, you know, (sighs) characters. (laughs) Cinderella. Well, this is her take on Galatea, which is basically... A lot of people will be familiar with the story because it inspired, like, My Fair Lady. Ah, okay. And it also is kind of like the core story for a pretty woman. But the original story is uh, of a sculptor who was sculpting a statue of a woman, and um, she comes to life. So may have also inspired Mannequin. Yes, actually, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Which, by the way, was one of my favorite movies as a child. (laughs) So that's my first one. Um, Then I have Nettle and Bone by T. Kingfisher, who we've talked about on the pod before. And this is like an epic fantasy adventure about a princess who has two sisters and... One of them ends up married to a prince of another realm who is a very bad man. And she's living in a convent and decides that she needs to figure out some way to save her sister from this horrible situation. Okay. Is T. Kingfisher, am I remembering correctly, like a pen name for someone who Ursula also Vernon. uses... Okay. Yeah. And Ursula Vernon also uses the Ursula Vernon name to publish different stuff? I believe so. Okay. <laughs> So I have that one. Then I have a book of poetry called And Yet by Kate Bear. And that is a bunch of short poems, mostly about like family and motherhood, I think. Mm, okay. Um, and then finally, saving the best for last, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got Pregnesia by Carla Cassidy. <laughs> Which is a category romance, which is one of those, you know, when you're at the drugstore and they come out monthly. It's like the Harlequin Presents and Intrigue and all of those. It's it's one of those. Okay. And it's about a woman who is pregnant and also has amnesia and somebody is chasing her. Awesome. (laughs) Do you feel like talking about that one twice? or? (laughs) I don't think we should talk about it twice. I disagree, but okay. <laughs> um, well, okay, here's what's going to happen. Obviously, I'm going to ask you about Pregnesia. I mean, I, I figured. But I think we should do that second. Okay. Because then, you know, for anyone listening to this who's like, I don't know, and then they're like, mm, I got, uh, you have to hear about yeah. Pregnesia. Stick around for the good stuff. So, hmm. I want to hear about And Yet by Kate Bear. Man, you always pick the poetry when you know it's hard for me to talk about. It is hard to talk about. Well, yeah. I feel like it's the most opposite of Pregnesia. <laughs> You're not wrong. So I feel like this is like a good chance for you to show your range. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> so I picked this up because um, we did a poetry issue last year because yes. I had been writing a, a book list of poetry books our least popular episode yeah least popular ever we we killed the podcast with that one (laughs) you did really train wreck the (laughs) listenership thanks a lot poetry more poetry (laughs) yeah 
But while I was researching the book list about books of poetry, I read um, Kate Baer's first book, or I don't know if it was her first, but her most recent before this one. And I really liked it. So when I saw that she had a new book coming out, I put it on hold and I checked it out. And um, this one, it resonated with me a little less personally than the last one did because it's very much about you know, being a mother. Um, a lot of the poems are about being a mother and I'm not a mother and I don't particularly have strong maternal feelings towards children generally. So a lot of my appreciation was very like intellectual as opposed to really feeling it. But I will say that they are, she writes the kind of poems that are fairly short and fairly like straightforward. She's not doing a lot of like flowery flips and tumbles that, you know, you have to really pay attention and like parse. Like it's pretty obvious what she's trying to say. And um, if you, I think if you were a mother, you would probably really enjoy a lot of her poems. There are a lot about, you know, how hard, there was one about um, being an influencer and talking about like how to be, how to, you know, feed your child better and how to, you know, best educate them and get them ready for school and teach them manners. And she was like, I'm, I'm don't want to know about being a good mother when being a mother is already so heavy. Mm. And I was like, Oh yeah, nice. <laughs> I think that's real, you know? So it, that's the kind of style of a lot of the poems okay. that she writes. She also has some about like female friendship and family and, you know, community, that kind of thing. So it's very much about relationships. Okay. Um, with the, with a probably a slightly larger focus on being a mom. Okay. So to use like my uh, current favorite grandpa term, it's like not too flashy. Yeah. That's like my favorite thing to say, like when we're doing a crossword puzzle and I'll be like, I hate the person who writes these cross, this person, this crossword puzzle author, too flashy. (laughs) 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 Or like. You're not even wearing your grandpa sweater. No. Yeah. Or if Cassie's looking at yarn, you know, to like crochet (laughs) something, I'm like, Ooh, this is too flashy. Meanwhile, I'm wearing glitter nail polish. I am too, yeah. <laughs> one-tenth the amount, though. Right, just the, just the one nail. Yeah. I like that, though. That's also my preference is plain-spoken poetry. Yeah. That's I, still, don't, like, I think meaningful. that a lot of times those poems that go, like, real, like, fancy, Yeah. they are relying on knowledge that I don't have. They're like, mm. you need to understand that this is a reference to this other poet. Right. And this is a reference to this obscure historical event. And this is like me playing with some poetic convention. And I don't know any of that. Uh, it's Virgil. Perhaps you've heard of him. <laughs> exactly. Like, and I'm like, yes, I've heard of I him, have. but I don't care to read your poem anymore. Good day. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly, perhaps. <laughs> I don't know. They put him yeah. on the on those panels that they put on the bus where it's yeah. like a paragraph from a book on the bus. Right. Yeah, this is much more like she has some poems that are like seven lines of single sentences. Nice. Very direct. Um, it's fairly obvious what she's trying to convey to you. So you don't have to worry that you're like getting into, you know, hoity-toity, I need to raise the pinky while I'm sipping my tea territory. So if you are, and also... Applicable if you are a woman, right. know a woman, right. or had a mother, right? Which I think All we've covered most of the bases yeah. of potential readers. 
I guess if you were in some kind of bizarre laboratory experiment where well, you were even raised... then your genetic material came from somewhere. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Unless you're the fir- world's first 3D printed baby. <laughs> that's a horrifying thought. I mean, we really don't need to 3D print a baby, right? Right. We already I, know how to make a baby. We got plenty. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like, oh my gosh, there's a great baby shortage. Right. We need to crank out some oh, babies, babies in this 3D I printer. I hear babies in the other room right now. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So, yeah. Kate Bear and yet. All right. Do you need me to remind you of my no. stuff? I remember. Okay. Um, I'm tempted to ask you about Giant Days, but I have read a bunch of Giant Days. Um, I haven't finished. I wasn't aware that it was done. And I'm curious about Deadpool versus Thanos and what your take on it's going to be, but I think I'm going to ask about Acting Class. Okay. So Acting Class by Nick Dernasso. Mm-hmm. I'm usually very annoyed by comics that fall into this... Uh, category that I just was made aware of when I looked up how to say the guy's name. Right. Of literary cartoons. Right. Literature comics. You can know. we get some examples of what you mean by that? We can get many. And I have mixed feelings about these. I don't dislike all of them. Right. But I would say it's your Alison Bechdel's, your Mouse, Persepolis, Blankets, March, Kate Beaton, Chris Ware, um... One of my favorite examples of one I don't like is there's a graphic novel called Here by some guy. Yeah, I remember we talked about this. It's still on my reading list. (laughs) I hate it. It's like the panel, the comic panel is of like one spot, Uh like in the United States. And basically everything that occurs in that one spot over, you know, hundreds of years or whatever. And I hate it. Yeah. And it's like, every time you look at one of these book lists of like, ooh, NPR likes this book, <laughs> you know, oh, this is a comic book that's okay to read because nobody has a sword in it, you know? And it's <laughs> like, here will be on the list, and I hate here. But this is not about here. Yeah. Side note, I love Kate Beaton. I do too. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of her. Big fan of her comedy. Yeah. I less liked her more recent, uh, more serious thing. Oh, I haven't read it yet. The duck thing? Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say I disliked it, but yeah, her comedy is so funny. Yeah. I, she writes this really fantastic series of graphic novels about the Bronte sisters. Yes. And Anne is like the level-headed one. And she's like, we don't, you know, we don't have to have these horrible men. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, it, you got You got to see it. It's all about the art, but they're hysterical. They're very wacky, yeah. and, like, some of the drawings she does are just so hilarious. Yeah. She did a great children's picture book with the cutest horse I've ever seen. Yeah. Doesn't that have, a, like, isn't it called, like, Fat Pony or something? Yeah, I like, think so. <laughs> and it's just, like, a really derpy-faced yeah, looking so horse cute. I, thing. If they sold him as a uh, stuffed animal, I would 100% buy one. Somebody must, right? Yeah. If they're not, they're leaving money on the table. They really are. Stop 3D printing babies. Start 3D printing <laughs> these little ponies. Fat ponies. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Nick Dernasso is kind of in that realm. He writes uh, comics and illustrates them, and they're like, they feel very adult. They feel very like, you know, literature. Right. No capes. No capes. They're the kind of thing that I could see like a, you know, if you took a graphic novels class in college. Right. His 
might be in there. So, you know, I went into acting class with kind of like a, all right, I'm going to see what all the fuss is about and then probably hate it. Yeah. And whatever. It was actually really good. <laughs> and so I was mildly annoyed that it was really good. But <laughs> I got over myself and was yeah. like, eh. I'm familiar with that feeling where you're like, you subverted my expectations and I'm not happy. <laughs> yeah. Even though I should be happy because this was way better than I thought it was going to be. Right. Um, I guess it's mostly it's like transference because I'm mad at myself for reading something out of spite. Right. And then feeling like I'm not spiteful towards this at all. <laughs> Acting class is about a, a bunch of characters who come together for basically like a community college acting class. Okay. But then the acting class is very strange and is sort of like the acting coach has them do these exercises that like affect the different people in the class in different ways. Like one lady sort of like loses touch with reality. And kind of goes into, like, a weird fugue state where she's just like, I'm going to just stop going to work. And then she kind of, like, wakes up in a diner with a bunch of people she doesn't know who apparently she just traveled to, like, the Grand Canyon with. <laughs> it's like, what just happened? Okay. Other bizarre things, you know, and, like, more and less bizarre. But then there's also stuff like there's a, a married couple who's in the acting class. And, you know, they get assigned to do scenes with, like, other people in the class. And it's like, oh, pretend like you're in love with this person. And, you know, it kind of, like, illustrates the problems they're having in their relationship by, like, coloring in everything outside their relationship. You know what I mean? Right. So it's, like, just a lot of sort of interesting character studies that okay. happen through the course of this comic. The illustration is, like, very plain in a way but also it's like i like it because it's very competent and you can tell what's going on at all times like there's no like sometimes people get very artsy and then you're like i don't know what's happening in this book <laughs> like i can't tell and this is like very much relies on the story it's like the story is very weird and the art is very grounded so i think that makes for a good like uh set of attributes because it makes you feel like, I know what's physically happening to these characters, but, you know, the things that are happening to them are strange. Right. So, if you're one of those readers who generally likes, like, when a, when a graphic novel kind of penetrates into the regular reader world, and, like, maybe book clubs would read it and stuff like that, right. I think you would probably like this. But also, if you're, like, one of these you know, uh, dum-dums like me who's like, <laughs> what do you mean there's no capes in this? <laughs> like, <laughs> why would you do that to me? You know, the people who are infuriated when it's like, you have Superman wearing jeans in this comic? This is the stupid... <laughs> Denim could not possibly hold up to his Kryptonian physiology. <laughs> Even dum-dums like me will enjoy this as well. So I think it's kind of like a, a nice comic in that it like can probably unite those two audiences a little bit maybe an entry point for people looking to try comics yeah i think so i mean it might be a, a bit of an odd experience if you're doing that um one critique i'll make of it too is like 
the faces that the guy draws don't always look as distinct as they could. No. So sometimes I confused. The, I think it was the married couple, and I would confuse the man for the wife and the wife for the mm. man. And I was like, this is making it a little more confusing than it needs to be. Maybe it's a commentary on marriage and how you start to look like each other. It could be. <laughs> it could be. And I was like, you could just give her blue hair or something, like, or make him bald. Is it know. in color? It is in color. All right, nice. Yeah. But anyway, it's, I had a good time with it. Okay. I was surprisingly engrossed in it and, you know, found it interesting and it had interesting ideas. And I think it's kind of, again, like the other one I talked about, for everybody, but in a little bit different way. Right. Kids will not like it. Right. Kids will hate it. I mean, anything that involves a commentary on somebody's, you know, troubled marriage, I think, is probably not going to be exciting for children. I would find it extremely bizarre if my child was, like, really into the acting class. I'd be like, what a... (laughs) Just unpack this for me. What about this spoke to you as a child? You know, it's... This is not related to anything, but it made me laugh. Um, I was watching an Instagram reel, and it was this woman talking about her son. And she said, I don't know what's going on with my son. He's, I just, I, this is, I don't know what to do about this. I asked him what he wanted for his birthday. And he said, a new hat, a pen, a typewriter. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, is he 90 years old? (laughs) He's eight, but he asked for these things that, like, an old man would want. A hat. A A hat, a pen, his very own pen. Yeah. My lord. That made me laugh. I mean, you know, I guess a kid like that, you're like, well, he's got a rich inner life. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that will serve him well. I mean, I'd be more interested to get to know that kid than someone who, like, wants, I don't know, Minecraft something. I'm most curious about the kind of hat he's looking for. Yeah. Because when you said a hat, I was like, eh, okay. But like, I'm assuming it's not like a baseball cap. Yeah, like a grandpa hat, maybe? Like I think a brimmed, so. like. Like a grandpa fedora? Yeah. Or like, that's all I can picture, really. Yeah. A non hipster fedora? Can you imagine seeing an eight year old walking around in a grandpa hat? It would be so cute. It would. You, you know, you'd have to dress that kid fully like a grandpa though because otherwise you'd be like look at this hipster do they make punk. your retirement sweater in child sizes doesn't matter <laughs> the thing about retirement sweater is it's not really meant to fit your body <laughs> it's meant to make you an amorphous blob all right and it does so beautifully <laughs> i'm into it i like it i just ordered myself a new cardigan that reaches to the knee nice yeah yeah, my partner Cassie doesn't really love the retirement sweater because she's like, you just kind of look like a beanbag walking around. And I'm like, I take that as a compliment because yeah. you know what? Right now, you like seeing my lithe form. But trust me, in a few years, yeah. when this all goes downhill, the ravages of time, you will be so happy that this cardigan sweater hides the, the terrible truth lurking beneath <laughs> the woven fabric. <laughs> Okay, and on that note, now it's time to get real and talk about Pregnesia. Are you sure you want to pick Pregnesia? I've never been more sure about anything. (laughs) The only thing I wasn't sure about was like, why did we talk about other books? Like, this should have just been the Pregnesia special. Yeah, I knew you'd be excited. 
Um, so I was looking for something. This was my first book of the year. Hmm. And I was like, I want to, I want to start my year out on the right foot. Set the tone. Yep. And so I was going through my list of books that I was, uh, had marked as to read. And this one was on there and I was like, yes, <laughs> time has come. Um, this book is a little bit of, um, it's, famous in romance reading communities because it's so bananas. Mm, mm -hmm. Um, It has a great cover of like this guy in all black, like running and he's holding the hand of this woman who's like holding her pregnant belly and looking confused. It's great. (laughs) Can Um, you imagine getting the art brief for the cover? (laughs) And they're like, okay, she's pregnant and currently experiencing amnesia and running away. So make her face look like she knows she's in danger, but is also... Confused. Kind of bewildered. Right, exactly. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> so the story opens with this guy who, this is like the third in a series of like, it's the, all of the men in the series have like, were in the same unit in the military, like the Navy SEALs or something like that. Okay. And they're now out of the military and they own a business together where they do like high risk repossessions. Mm, okay. So like, as opposed to just like, some slob's car that he never paid on. They generally do stuff like corporate jets and like stuff like that. The the stuff that could be hard to get your hands on. That's awesome. Okay. And uh, but he is at the moment at the opening of the book. He's doing a favor for somebody who like um, helps them with their cars or something like fixes their cars. I don't know. And he has a car that he wants repossessed from uh, like a rowdy customer. And so since he's a friend, this guy's like, I'll go and get it for you. So it's the middle of the night and he's like going up to this car and he gets in and he starts the car and he's like looking out the back window to like back out. And there's this woman huddled in the back seat um, and she's super pregnant and uh, they have this whole conversation like, what the heck are you doing here? And he eventually like pries out of her that she has been running all night and it's like super cold outside. And so she just kind of crawled into this car to try and get out of like the cold a little bit and try to figure out what she was doing. And she doesn't have any memory of who she is or where she's going. And so he's a little bit skeptical that maybe she's lying, but fair. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think Very that's fair. fair. Um, and he wants to take her to the police, but she has this immediate like fear reaction about the police. Mm. And um, she, she's like, I don't know why, but I'm afraid to go to the police. So he decides to take her to his sister's apartment. His sister is a nurse who is also like a med student, I think, and um, have her look over, you know, the this woman and they'll figure out kind of what to do. Okay. So it turns out that she legit does have amnesia <laughs> and she is not sure why she's afraid, but she definitely feels like someone's coming after her and she has this like strong reaction to this symbol that she sees um, out in the community that is related to this like weird church. Oh boy. Okay. So yeah, cult bells should be ringing for you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. And it basically turns into them trying to figure out who she is, um, trying to figure out where she belongs. Is she married? Like this is a category romance. So they start having obviously some feelings for each other, Mm -hmm. but they have no idea. Like she's pregnant. Like (laughs) 
they're like, this is probably pretty inappropriate. Oh, right. Because for all they know, they're like, there's like a loving husband looking exactly. for her who, yeah. Exactly. Or a surrogate parents who are, or she's the surrogate for her. Right. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? They have no idea what's going on with mm. her. But they do know that nobody seems to be looking for her. Like, there aren't missing persons ads. There aren't posters in the community. So they're they're trying to use, like, their special, like, Navy SEAL skills. <laughs> of course. To, like, figure, figure out how to keep her safe and get her where she belongs. And it turns into, like, um, a little bit of a suspense adventure at the end. I feel like in the romance world, like Navy SEALs slash special forces guys can do like any of these things. Oh, yeah. They're like, in Marvel comics, there's kind of this joke about scientists. Mm. Like everybody is a scientist, but like, okay, if you're a scientist, you can like time travel. You can fix any machine. <laughs> right. You can you know like, all of the sciences. Yeah. Yes. Identify any plant or animal from any continent. Yes. And its special properties. Any scientific information <laughs> that's attainable, you know, plus some more. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You are not wrong. That is exactly true. Not only are you like humble science student Peter Parker, but you can design a web fluid that has higher tensile strength than steel. Yes. And, you know, is capable of swinging you across yeah. a thing. Totally and... flexible, not brittle at all. Yeah, and no one's making a big deal out of this. Yep. No one's like, this seems like it would have some useful applications. <laughs> You're like, yeah, but crime. <laughs> yep, that is exactly true. Okay. These are like superhero military men who can, you know, infiltrate your cult at a moment's notice. Yes, right. I kind of, yeah... It's like, well, of course I know how to jump on like a Zodiac boat and like storm a beach somewhere right. under the cover of darkness. But I also know like crime scene investigation. Exactly, and yeah. like I can knock out a man and drag him into the bushes and he won't wake up for two hours, allowing me the time to successfully escape. Right. Maybe put on his clothes so that they think <laughs> that I'm a, a humble busboy at this fancy dinner party. Exactly. <laughs> Where I do know how to be a busboy. Right. Because it's like, I almost get busted because I don't know. It's like, someone asked me a question about the wine, but I just so happen to know the answer. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, he knows the layout of the building because they studied the blueprints that they got online. That's right. Yep. Which they know how to do. Yep. Which it would actually be a genuine skill. I've tried to, like, find, you know, like, property owners for a property online before. And yeah. I'm like, it took me, like, two hours. Yeah. And I finally found them and was like, man, that was a waste. <laughs> this seems so much easier in the movies. I know. Well, they can also, like, zoom in and then make the picture automatically clearer and not pixelated. Oh, my God. Through some magical means. They've had the technology since, like, 1992 I to know. just be like, computer, enhance. Enhance image. And you're like a totally blurry security camera footage from across the street. Suddenly it's obvious yep. that it's... It's uh, like a high-def image of the lead actress. And they're yep. like, aha! Yep. <laughs> or it's Sean Bean with a scar on his face. <laughs> Probably. Or a perfectly legible license plate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at that unusual neck tattoo. We can find him for sure. <laughs> Um, well, that sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, it's, you know, it's ridiculous, mm-hmm. but it's ridiculous on purpose. So mm-hmm. if that's what you're looking for, 
I can recommend it without question. I had a great time. Like I was rolling my eyes and laughing at a lot of what was going on, but I had a, a lot of fun reading it. You know, what's weird about romances that I hadn't considered until today of the romances. I know the sillier ones, Mm -hmm. the male characters are often what I would call like fantasy characters, like fantasy jobs for me to be when I was like 10, Mm. you know, it's like a Navy seal or like a magician slash CIA agent or like, (laughs) that one's unusual (laughs) (laughs) or like, you know, a giant blue alien with like, hunting powers you know like whatever billionaire ceo yeah yeah they're like things that yeah they're things i would picture you know being when i was 10 yeah i mean a lot of times that's true for the female characters as well they're always like you know they have some fascinating job where they i'm trying to come up with examples of ones that i've like they they own a horse farm or they like they have a a bakery or they Mm. you know it's always something completely wacky and like in the in the 80s and 90s like they really went like ham on the cool jobs for yeah. <laughs> for main characters. Yeah. I feel like there was like a period for like romantic comedies where it's like every female character worked at a women's magazine. Yeah. That was like the pinnacle of <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's what you wanted to be. I don't know. I always thought that one was weird cuz I was like I mean, it's all right, but like, yeah, I don't know. That's that's entirely too banal for like old school category romances. Yeah. They were always like animal psychics or yes, like. Yes, that's know. what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they they ran a hot air balloon business. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's more along be... the lines of what we're looking for in a romance. Exactly, it has to be somebody who has a job that you're like, I know. In real life, I have never met someone with this job. Right. Nor have I met someone who knows someone who has this job. But it would be awesome. It would be so awesome. (laughs) Animal psychic. Yep. I mean, yeah, that's like, eh. You know what the beauty of being an animal psychic is? How do they prove you wrong? Yeah. You're like, hmm, this cat's not happy. You should get it more toys. Yeah. And it's like, it would like to have a a place further up out of reach um, to, to rest. More snacks. Prove me wrong. More snacks, more sleep. It wishes you would clean the litter box more often. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Done. Prove me wrong. Yeah. (laughs) I guarantee all of that is true for any cat. Now he seems less happy that I'm cleaning the litter box more often. (laughs) Like, that's never going to happen. He wishes he would let you, you would let him be on the counter more. Yeah. More. It doesn't like the dog. Yeah. Newsflash. Yeah. Well, I guess if this whole library thing doesn't work out, you've got a future. You're ready. Yeah. Animal psychic. You should probably be like specialized, like be like, I'm a cat psychic. Right. And, you know, just be like, you know, I've tried with dogs and I get vague sensations, but it's not, <laughs> it's too scattered and it's too, you know, yeah. whatever. You know, funny dog story. I was having lunch at my brother's house because he lives very close to the library where I work. So it's easy to go over there and like have a quiet lunch. And he has a, a little Boston Terrier dog. And I got this dog a, like, toy underwear with a squeaker in it because it made me laugh and I couldn't believe it existed. And so he ran up to me while I was eating my lunch and just mushed his underwear, like, against my arm. And then I go to take it so I can throw it. And he's like, no, no, no. You don't take it. You just observe it. 
And he mushes it against me again. And I try to take it. He's like, no, no, no. Just look at it. Admire it. <laughs> I want you to see it and then make sure you know it's here. Yeah. But I do not want you to take it. Here's my mushy saliva drenched underwear. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> Isn't this great? Yeah. Aren't you so blessed that you get to enjoy this with me <laughs> in whatever capacity you can? Yep, yep. I feel bad for you, humans. You can't really... I know. I don't have, like, squeaky underwear filled with crinkly, like, material. <laughs> okay. In review. Yes. So I had uh, Attack of the Stuff by Jim Benton, which yes. I talked about, uh-huh. and Acting Class by Nick Dernasso that I talked about. Correct. I didn't talk about Giant Days. Um, I'm very into comics right now that like you can read the whole series. Yeah. So, you know, you can start from the beginning and read to the end because I've found as I've aged the, and you know, comics continue, I find like the continuity of Batman overwhelming. Yeah. (laughs) There's too much stuff. And then I'm like, wait a minute, you showed Batman full frontal nudity in this book? Like what is happening? Whoa. That happened. Is that real? Yes. Whoa. What was it called? Batman Damned, I think. Okay. Now, in most of the... uh, It was, like, in the original run, and then they took it out. So if you read it, like, in trade paperback or something, you'll see the part where the frontal nudity would have been. Okay. Um, But it's not in the book anymore. Okay. It's also totally pointless, but whatever, like... Gratuitous nudity. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know it was in... Let me put it this way. I read the book, didn't know it was in there, and then was like... It was, I didn't enjoy the book and was like, what's going on? Something's weird about this book. So I was reading about it and that's when I discovered that it was in there. Okay. So it is so non-necessary that when it was omitted completely. You didn't even notice. I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> also, they show his butt a lot anyway. So I was like, I mean. <laughs> well, I mean, he's what in do you like need? skin tight, like uniform anyway. That's what I always think is hilarious because yeah. it's like, well, you see Superman and I'm like, look, if his suit was flesh colored, yeah. he would just basically be nude. I mean, that's true of pretty much any like superhero in mm-hmm. comics. Anyway, <laughs> I'm into like when you can read full series, Giant Days is about uh, Daisy, Esther, and Susan, who are two friends and it like follows them from like their first day at university, which is how they say Going to college. Are in they the isn't UK. It Canadian? I don't, never mind. I can't Continue. remember if they're Canadian or in the UK. Okay. I think they sure. are Canadian. I think you're right. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Same Fine. difference. <laughs> anyway, um, which I'm sure Canadian people love to hear and people in the UK. <laughs> they are not in the United States, but they are in a United States adjacent type situation. Right. And uh, they're going to university. So it follows them from, like, their first day there all the way through their graduation is basically when the series ends. Okay. So, you know, they have... It's mostly funny. It's mostly, like, good-natured. They have, like, their, you know, sincere, serious moments, but they're not, like, overly sincere or serious. And, you know, they don't last too long. And so, you know, they have just some of the problems that people that age have of, like, nightmare roommates and... uh you know, your friend is dating the worst person on the planet. You know, just stuff like that. Right. And uh, it's fun, too, because the three girls have three very distinct personalities, but they're also good friends. And it's nice to see, like, a, you know, positive, platonic friendship yeah. like that in a book. I feel like 
that's not super common. Yeah. And the drama they have is rarely between each other. It's usually with other people. Right. Then the last one I didn't talk about was Deadpool versus Thanos by Tim Seeley. Yeah. And I'm bringing this up as a reverse recommendation because I did not enjoy it. And I'm just like, I don't think I've ever enjoyed a Deadpool comic. Huh. And I love comics. I love stupid comics. I love, you know, wackiness. But all the comics I've tried just do not work for me. I just didn't really dig them and have kind of decided that Deadpool doesn't work without the charisma of Ryan Reynolds. Mm. Who I'm he like, does have a lot of charisma. He's somewhat watchable in Mint Mobile commercials, which I'm like, <laughs> this is the most boring thing that I do not care about. And I'm like, I still don't have hard feelings towards him. Yeah. Um, so I did, I was basically bringing it up to ask anyone who listens to this, if you like Deadpool, send me a title that you liked. Like, right. you know, or even... Uh, part of the series like issues x through y and i will give it a shot all right but I, man just can't hang with it had bad luck it just doesn't work for me and like he doesn't he doesn't fit in the marvel universe and they're always cramming him into the marvel universe and it's like pairing him up with thanos is like terrible and i hated it sorry that's okay so i'm trying i'm trying to make some lemonade here all right so I like it. if anyone has read, if they're like, you're wrong, Deadpool's great. And here's why. Send me the issues. Yeah. The key issues. If you're like trying to convert someone from a hater into a tolerator, uh, what would you send? All right. So you can email me those. P-Dirk, D-E-R-K, at highplanes.us. Yeah. Just send me an email. Yeah. Done. All right. So I talked about End Yet by Kate Baer, which is the book of poetry about, like, relationships and being a mom. Sorry, not sorry that I made you talk yeah. about that. I, I mean, I knew when I put it on the list, I was like, he's probably going to pick this. <laughs> uh, and then Pregnesia by Carla Cassidy, which <laughs> I knew you were going to pick the minute I put it on the list. And that yep. is the pregnant lady with amnesia Yep. Uh, with the perfect name, Pregnesia. Um, so I, we talked about those two. <laughs> I just, they, they went for it. They're like, yeah, you I know mean, what? If you're going to do it, do it, it, right? Pregnesia. Yeah. It's just, it's happening. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and the ones I didn't talk about were Galatea by Madeline Miller, which is very short. It's like under 50 pages. Um, mm. it's, and it's a small book to, to boot. So you can literally read it in half an hour. Uh, it is about... It is like a modern take on the Galatea myth, which is, you know, this um, sculptor who looked down on all of the women in his town. He thought that they were dirty. And so he went to, like, create his own version of perfect femininity by carving her out of marble. And she ends up brought to life. But it talks about the what it's like to live as a woman who was brought forth from stone to be, like, this man's perfect vision of of being a woman mm, yeah. and what that's like and what does it mean and so it's like a little bit of a modern feminist take on the the galatea myth all right yeah i could see that and then nettle and bone by t kingfisher which is great it's like a dark fantasy um you have this small harbor kingdom that controls a harbor and it's surrounded on the north by one kingdom and on the south by another kingdom and kind of threatened by both. They, you know, both kind of want control of the harbor. 
So they, they make a devil's bargain by, you know, sending the oldest daughter to marry the prince of the northern kingdom in exchange for their protection. Mm. He turns out to be super bad dude. Mm. Um, so the first, the, the oldest daughter ends up coming home after her first pregnancy and she's, you know, dead. She's died. So they send the second daughter. And oh, no. the, the third daughter is uh, in, living in a convent, and she um, quickly starts to, well, not quickly, I think it takes her a while, but she's like, wait a minute, this prince is not a good person, and he's hurting my sister. <laughs> so oh, no. she sneaks out of the convent and goes to the dust wife, which is like this woman with magical abilities who lives in, takes care of the cemetery, and she can like speak to the dead. And says, how do I, what do I need to do to help my sister? And they go on this, like, quest to gather the things that they need and walk to the Northern Kingdom to hopefully save her sister. Hmm. So, yeah, pretty good. Interesting. Yeah. Did a lot of walking back in the day. A lot of walking. It's unfortunate. A lot of walking. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes I'm all down on stuff like, oh, there's too many Walmarts or whatever. But I bet, like, if I came from, like, medieval times. Right. And then I was like, you know, I do sort of... I was just thinking the other day, it would be so mind-blowing, like, to go... If you time-traveled somebody from, like, the 1600s to now, and you're like, here's the section of salt in the store. It's not very expensive. (laughs) It's actually pretty cheap. And you can get, like, a million varieties of salt. Here's your Himalayan salt. Yeah. Here's your, like, sea salt. Yeah. Here's your iodized salt. And, you know, frankly, if you went into just, like, the little deli section at the grocery store, you could probably just get some salt packets and take it for free. Like, yeah, no yeah. one's going to stop you. They'd be like, I risk my life daily for... I know. ...to bring this to kings. Wars were fought over salt. <laughs> anyway, so I'd probably have a different perspective. I'd be like, well, there's a, a nicety to the convenience. Yeah, it's true. And it's sometimes the only way that we get our steps in. That's true. Walk yeah. into the back of the Target. That's true. Maybe it's good they build them so big. Yeah. You're like, well, at least I have to go all the way through the Target. <laughs> all right. I think we did it. I think so, too. It was well, a good one. Yeah. Thanks for bringing your books. Yeah, you too. I'll bring some books next month. What's next month's February? Mm-hmm. Are we going to do like a love thing? I mean, we could. We could. Sometimes when we go themed, we scare people away. I know. All right. Well, we're not doing a theme unless we are, in which case we'll just spring it on you. Yeah. And then you'll... Surprise! (laughs) Find out. Yeah. (laughs) You're already here. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, February, you could either do a love thing or an anti-love thing or nothing. Yeah. You could do Black History Month. Oh, yeah. That's true. Is it Women's History Month, too, or is that March? Jeez, I don't know. I don't know either. They can't be the same month, can they? I mean, why not? I guess so. We have, like, multiple, like, it's ice cream day and jelly bean day, like. Yeah. I just, you know, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Would that make it better or worse if you're a black woman? Because you're like, well, I get both. It's like, it feels to me like you'd have Christmas and your birthday on the same. Yeah, I feel like there's more drawbacks than benefits. Yeah, I do too. Like, I don't know. Maybe get two months. Yeah. Two months back to back, though, could be a lot. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Well. None of this matters to anyone. <laughs> this doesn't matter. I guess the other problem is, like, we'll record it in late February. So it's like, here's what you True. could have been reading for the last month. Yeah. 
Let's so, not do. Let's not do February themes. Okay, we'll not do a, a theme. Okay. And we're decided. Not, we're never doing a poetry month again. I know. We apologize for that. We we tried it. You said no. We heard you. <laughs> I don't apologize for it. If if y'all if all the listeners come back, then I'll consider apologizing for it. Okay. I probably still won't, but I'll consider it. Well, they they were burned. Oh, whatever. You know, sorry this free podcast that you get wasn't to your liking. <laughs> That's true. You, know, you pay nothing. What a terrible thing that must have been for you to have to push, like, a button on your computer and listen to something else. Yeah. What a terrible... You know, people were risking their lives for salt just a few hundred years ago. Okay. And on that note... <laughs> okay. See you next time. Bye.